0: Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again at Critical Podcast. This week, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to move out of elections for a little bit. Uh, and the topic this week, I, I hope I can put it into words the way it's in my head. Sometimes I, I struggle with, I can conceptualize pretty deep concepts and, and sometimes don't do it justice when I say it or, or when I try to present it. Um, But nonetheless, I'm excited because this is one I'm pretty passionate about. But before we get into that, let's get into it. So unless you were born yesterday, uh, it's pretty clear and uh, shouldn't be a stretch to say that we are really living in a mad world. Uh, Things are crazy. And it sometimes feels bleak and, and how the heck do we get out of it? But tonight I want to focus on the fact that we really are living in a mad world. Um, and and that is that is a very deep way of oversimplifying it. The concept of mass psychosis or uh, mass hysteria, its it's not new. It's actually so old that people seem to think it can't happen or we've evolved past it. But the fact is, we're not immune to to such psychological problems and afflictions. And moreover, I, I would say the fact that we think we're above it means we're probably more susceptible than most would care to admit. Because if, if you believe it's a possibility, you, you can be on guard for it. But uh, if you think you're further above it, or, or it's not something that could possibly happen, then you have no guard up, and you, and you have no protection, for lack of a better word, ag- against stuff like that. Now, what is mass psychosis or mass hysteria? And really, before we can expand on, on what it means on, on mass, I think we should look at it on the individual, and perhaps that's more of an easy concept to, to visualize, and you've all seen the movies where where The Shining, where, where somebody loses their mind, they have a mental break and law, order, rule and, and fundamental boundaries just don't exist anymore they slip into a world that isn't made up of cognitive function within our reality moral limits, formal behavior it, just etiquette doesn't exist and it, it, it can range from very small changes in the personality to very drastic ones uh, you might see it start with ticks or or small nuances that could almost be be mistaken or, or missed um, and ideally in an, in an individual or even large-scale basis you would hope that the impact is as minimal as possible um, however we know that Historically, that's not the case. Uh, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be healthy or safe. Uh, many people have died at the hands of people past the brink mentally um, for any number of reasons. The The mind is a very fragile thing. Um, what's kind of ironic is the individual mind is a very fragile thing. But it seems we understand the individual mind somewhat better than the collective mind. Uh, and this is where I really, I, I love to get into things that are kind of beyond my understanding. I, I, I'm i like a dog with a bone with some of this stuff. And the collective mind is so not fully understood. And, and it's this, I think it, it potentially could be One of the largest threats from within a society of itself going forward. I think we've done ourselves a giant disservice in not identifying that sooner. But I I do think that it is something that we really need to get a grip on soon. Or else we're in trouble. Um, But no, you look at the individual and it's... Hollywood glorifies it. And... And it's easy to see the extreme cases. There are a lot more minor cases that, that are not so impactful that don't result in mass murder. But nonetheless, if you're if you're living with this yourself or know somebody, any degree of psychosis or, ma- or hysteria, it can be life-altering. Um, not just for the person going through it, but for the people around them. Now... I say that because when it's an individual it's fairly easy to see any major changes that impact how an individual functions with within society or within a, a friend structure of any kind people will pick up on on minute differences to major differences the moving to to mass level psychosis or hysteria it gets a little different and to me it's it's super intriguing because when it's done on a collective level there is no red flags there's no there's very few people i shouldn't say none because historically there's always some that are not affected by this but when it happens on a collective it's it's so large scale that it seems normal. It uh, the people that don't go with with the mass psychosis or hysteria, they seem like the crazy ones. Um, and hopefully, you're you're putting two and two together at this point, where I kind of got my idea for this topic, and how it might relate to today. Now, it it's very difficult to be <laughs> the against the grain against the the predominant culture shift. But is it wrong? Uh, you, you look back at some events of mass psychosis, and probably the most predominant example of mass psychosis that would pop to some minds is the Salem Witch Trials of 1962 and 1963. Now, we can look back at that now and think, how could people have done this? Obviously, they were... Crazy, and, and I, I use that term carefully, I, I don't mean to disparage people suffering with mental illness, but I, I struggle for a, a better word uh, than that. You had an entire society accusing people of witchcraft and burning them at the stake. Furthermore, the, the suggestion was if, if they were a witch, they could simply save themselves. So, even in the carryout of their justice, they had a f- affirmative confirmation that they were wrong, and yet they carried on. I I look at that and I-, I say like it it has such a moral and ethical vacuum in those times. How could nobody stand up? But then you you look at how. Alienating logic and reason and and just civility is in a vacuum like that, and you. I struggle to to understand even how something like that took hold, but that's where we have to look at the levers of fear and how manipulatable the mind and the masses really are. I individually these concepts would never carry in an individual situation, trying to do something along those lines to convince people to go along with that. It's, it's much more difficult, but when you do it in a collective and, and you're able to isolate opposition, it's much easier to, to turn the stream when you can do it in a volume. When, when, People are afraid, well, everyone else is going along with this. I'm I'm not I can't be the one who's wrong. Like if I'm thinking something against the grain, there maybe maybe I'm just wrong. And it's just it is mind-boggling. We look back at it, and it it is to anyone today, it is how like absolute insanity. You cannot understand how it gets there. You can't you can you can theorize and you can you can guess and, and think, hey, maybe this, this, or this. But at the end of the day, we all can agree that that should never have happened. No reasonable person could have fallen for that. But the, the fact is, a very large amount of people did. So much so that society changed its fabric over it. People lost their lives over it. And... Some very evil people used situations like that to manipulate. You had people simply accuse people they didn't like, just knowing the mechanisms would carry out, quote-unquote, justice. A little bit of a lighter example would be uh, the Dancing Plague of 1518. In Rome, they had between 50 and 400 people take part in a Dancing Plague. And again, it, it sounds ridiculous. But these people had no power over it. It was a it was a situation of, of mass mania where for whatever reason it it's was a mental break within the fabric of a community. And as like I'm 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 struggling to even describe this it it is what it is you you had a village of people com- <laughs> this is difficult you had a, a village of people who could not stop dancing and no <laughs> and we know it was a mass hysteria event it was it was a break in coll- the collective mind but <laughs> I don't possess the words to explain that appropriately. So, let's just use that as as an example that this does happen and we don't actually fully know why or how which to me is actually probably the most scary thing because we don't know how to counteract it either. Uh, The same thing applies to the witch trials. But... If you don't understand how something works... And for me, that that bothers me to my core. I'm sure I'll probably consume too many psychological lectures this week trying to catch up on this even. But if you don't understand how something fully works, then you're really at a disadvantage on how you go about fixing it. And this personally worries me a lot in our situation, because it seems like we are kind of so far past saving things. Um, But one more reference before I I bring it right back to where we are today. Um, I want to highlight a mass psychosis event that was not as pervasive, it didn't take quite the same hold of society, but it was a relevant one within our lifetime, and one that it, it's just a fairly good example of it can happen, even if on a smaller impact or smaller scale. But I don't. Many of you probably remember the countless clown sighting trend that went around. And and I say that because it, it was more than just a trend. It was people were calling the police over this. There was sightings of murderous clowns all over North America. Um, Some were pranks, and some were people just imagining horrific, terrifying situations to them. But that's just an example of how something small and perhaps a joke expanded out on society can actually have a significant impact on some of society, where their mind can, can... Subconsciously take it and run with it. Um, I I truly believe that many people did not fall victim to it, but it it was a situation where it could have it could have turned into a a very large scale situation. But nonetheless, we can we can still look at it and say some people fell for this. And and I use the term fell. I, I probably shouldn't. Um, it more. It, I don't want to presume that it was something they should have saw through. This is actually a thing in the mind where where things kind of just come out of order and the victim really has can't see past it. They can't this is their reality. What they're seeing is real, what they're experiencing is real. But it it has this contagious effect. And that is where I both am extremely interested and intrigued but also I see relevance to today's situation. Now, I'm implying, and, and I have for the last little bit, that we may well be experiencing a mass hysteria, mass psychosis event. And I make that implication understanding that if that is the case, this will have been the largest ever impacted population. With the the... Dancing plague. There was maybe up to five hundred. It was effectively a village. You had the clown sightings, a small portion of North American society, and then you had the Salem witch trials, which probably one of the larger events, and that that encompassed a large portion of of a state. Uh, Salem is not a small area. But if we are experiencing a mass psychosis event, and and I'm going to remain in the theoretical, I'm not saying we are, but I want to look at it through the lens of a mass psychosis event. Because I truly believe that even if, well, I should be careful. I, I don't want to say that we are experiencing a mass psychosis event in the sense that we are manifesting problems. I We're certainly not manifesting COVID-19. But we are certainly falling victim to a certain level of hysteria and, and mania surrounding it. And, and that has large impacts on how we've handled it and mishandled it. So I, I don't prescribe that we have made the symptoms up but i want to expand on on how if that is the case if if the case is that we are in in a mass hysteria event how that has impact and further how how do we change that now you look at strictly numbers for a moment with covid-19 and especially now we've got the Delta variant, and we've got known treatments. We've got, we've got vaccines. We've got treatments. We have manageable assistance. So as it sits right now, it is effectively analogous to a bad flu season, and that's going to upset some people. Um, I'm sure the internet censors would love to, to block this episode for just saying that. But you can't argue. With the facts, it is now analogous to a bad flu. And with that, you will have certain demographics that will be much more at risk than other demographics. And you should handle that like you would a bad flu. You should isolate and protect the ones that it's likely going to harm the most. And the ones it's likely going to do nothing to... You should really not bother them. Uh, good advice, but but no imposition on their life. Uh, get the vaccine if you'd like it. If not, then you don't. If you feel sick, stay home. But we have been swept up into this hellstorm of fear, and now we're into condemnation and, and alienation. We're... we're Splitting society over perceived virtue. Um, and and again, in, in a mass psychosis event, if you were in Salem during the witch trials and you said witches aren't real, there's no such thing as witches, you would probably be burned at the stake. They would presume that you're a witch, and therefore you must burn. Um, we're not killing people, obviously, with different viewpoints. But if you come out and say, hey, I disagree with the narrative, I think this is being blown up, you are called anti-vax, anti-science, uh, irresponsible, grandma killer, and and you just see the collective just come for blood metaphorically. We have evolved socially that I, I think generally we're, we're kind of above the barbarity of the times back then, and back then, bar barbarism, it was it was not, it was not off the table. There, it, it was a violent time back then, and so you can you can see how so they function to different ends based on the framework society has currently laid out. So back then death and murder was certainly on the table. So when you allow a society to become so unhinged, it will go to the farthest bounds. Now we live in a society where the farthest bounds are now inside. So, so barbarism is outside of the acceptable standards, even at the farthest ends. So you can see how our culture is, they just come for people, to the farthest end, they're allowed socially and just try to bring them down and vilify them for simply trying to talk a different perspective or not succumbing to the mass psychosis, to the to the fear and and the propaganda. And that's where I kind of look at COVID and it's it's. To me, it almost seems like a manufactured mass psychosis. Uh, I can't speak to, for example, Salem uh, or the dancing... I can't speak to the other mass psychosis events as to what started them or what the motives were. I think, especially Salem, you probably will never know. Those secrets probably died with the people of that time as to really what sparked it off and, and the motives behind whomever or whatever group really set it off and it's the it's those nuggets of of information that just did kind of die with history that make me so enamored by trying to figure it all out nonetheless but I, I look at where we're at today and it, it certainly is manufactured you've got fear being pumped out through the media and there's a fine line between pumping out truth that is scary and basically giving fangs to something that really shouldn't have them and you're you're kind of making it scarier than it certainly needs to be and you're manufacturing the response you're you're basically giving it steroids so you're going to respond disproportionately to the threat at hand so when i look at covid it's certainly more of a large scale What's, there's so many moving parts but to look at how some echo chambers and it's not necessarily fully appropriate to, to group it like such but if, if you were to go to like a left wing echo chamber say on Twitter or Facebook these people are terrified and you look at some of the surveys and, and they you ask groups of people what they think, the mortality rate or the hospitalization rate is for COVID. And like some people are saying you have a 50% chance of go- ending up in the ICU. You have a 30% chance of death. And it is just so factually incorrect and, and grossly exaggerated to like an irresponsible perspective. If, if you had something that dangerous, you wouldn't have to have the government tell you don't go out. You wouldn't have to have the government trying to shove a needle in your arm. If, if it was truly as scary as they're making it out to be, people would be chomping at the bit to do what they can to avoid it. And, I, and that also feeds into the whole push narrative situation where you're not getting told the truth and the people that kind of see through it are pushed even further to the outside from all the, the transparent dishonesty. So, are we in a mass psychosis event? I By the letter of the definition, I, we're not. Uh, you're not seeing the symptoms being generated from the hysteria, from the psychosis. Uh, but are we experiencing some modified version of it? I certainly think we are. And I think when you have a social and, and collective disconnect of societal structures, societal norms, morality, ethics, and, and just objective fact, when, when so much of society breaks from those cogs, you're you're placed in a very dangerous spot. So society is already not functioning within the proper structure it has functioned. And and our laws are surrounded by our businesses, our economy, our, our, our lives. Everything is structured around a society working in time with the machine. So when one, two, three of those cogs get out of sync, it presents a situation where the powder keg is just... Ready to pop. So we are sitting on a bit of a tinderbox in the sense that once society is already off its kilter, it won't take much to send that that spinning completely wildly out of control. We've already broken a lot of cognitive function collectively. So any minor input from outside, or even within, it poses a large threat, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about this, because we're we're really on a bit of a knife's edge, and, and I know a lot of people feel it with government overreach, with or if you're from the other side, you're feeling it from genuine fear from what you're being told, or the virus, or what you're seeing, anything. We're, we're walking on so many different knife's edge, but I, most people don't see the collective and social position we're in. And I think that's probably the most dangerous. And and we've covered the, the authoritarian talking points and, and the deconstruction of society from that perspective with Justin Trudeau. And now that we talk about intent and motive, he is a perfect person to kind of look at. But you're seeing society kind of crumble in many different isolated areas. But sooner or later, enough pillars of society are going to be damaged where society is going to be... Well, we're already in a really bad spot. And and I, on top of the current... I, I genuinely do think we're dealing with mass psychosis to some degree. And I truly don't know how to stop it. I, I don't know how as a society we can get back in sync. Uh, I truly don't know how the Salem Witch Trial kind of just petered out. It kind of just consumed itself and then just as quickly as it showed up it disappeared. So, <laughs> again, I, I like to leave with a bright note and some hope but uh, I, I really don't. I personally, like everything going on today, I, uh, and the reason I started this podcast is just to have conversations. We can kind of break down that cognitive dissonance by having conversations and, and realizing there is manipulation. There is, There are people that are, that are not working within a logical perspective. And that's not always to their own fault. Uh, so if you can see through it and say you're surrounded by people at work that are quote-unquote brainwashed or taken by this or just captured with fear, understand that it's not necessarily a willful perspective to have. They truly have been manipulated, lied to, and and really fallen victim to the mass psychosis. Uh, and you get to a point in mass psychosis where you don't really question anything. It's This is the group think and... This is how it goes. I'm not against the group. Therefore, whatever the group thinks, that is what I think. So yeah, we just have to have conversations and and call it out where we see it. Uh, I don't. I I'm for now. The guardrails of our modern society are holding up. We're not seeing any barbaric tendencies. However. How long those guardrails hold, or, or what influence can be injected into the situation that might change things, I don't know. It, it's, it, it really is at a point where it, it it has to go one way or the other. And much like my perspective on the use of violence, where I don't think it's responsible to, to always fully rule it out, uh, an individual or society is always capable of some dark things. So I, I approach every interaction and every situation, every conflict, with the knowledge that in the right situation it, it could devolve. Uh, and I, I really look at society through this lens as well. Uh, I, I do have hope and a and pragmatic approach that, yes, we will find our way through this, but there is a small scenario where society will literally crumble into some of the darkest parts of the human mind. Uh, and we we know full well going through history the human being, and even worse, the human collective is is responsible for some of the worst things known to man. More so the collective. The, the collective is what brought you the Holocaust, the collective is what brought you Stalin. The the collective is probably the most dangerous weapon man has ever really known. We've used different tools in exerting the collective's despair, but the collective and, and yeah, the collective is is probably the most dangerous thing, and, and we're seeing the collective now. In a, in a way that should be raising alarm bells. Uh, I, I certainly hope we can turn it around, and I, I do in my everyday life. There's more more people seeing through it and, for lack of a better term, waking up. And it's imperative we we spread the word and have the conversations to, to have people rejoin a critical thought and, and normal decorum before any outside influence or any mechanism tilts the collective pressure further. Certainly we could see the collective back off, but if if it doesn't, and, and it does get an injection from for the worse, the more people outside of the collective, the better. And I say this with no concern for what political affiliation you have, we need to exit the collective fear and the collective groupthink in order to even have the conversations about politics or policy. We're at a point where this this is as urgent as AOC would make climate change seem. And in the spirit of waking the collective and breaking the cognitive dissidence, if you know anybody who may be on the edge of critical thought or seeing through some of what they're being told, or you've got friends that think like you do and are are open to conversations like this, please share and send them this episode or any of our past episodes. We're starting to really get some traction, and I owe that all to people like you who have spread the word and sent this to a friend and really enjoyed it in the meantime if uh you haven't give us a like subscribe and till next week take care